wonderful to be in the house of God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how privileged we are to stand in the great august presence of the Almighty. You're a true and living God and we love you from the depths of our souls. We can't thank you enough for the great gift that was given. And so the Lord this morning as we will rejoice around the word of God, I pray you'll bless your children. Father, I pray that the word of God would become life and life eternal to every heart. Maybe those that have grown cold, may the fire, the coal of the in their heart, Lord, would be fanned by the presence of God. And those that are aflame, Lord, I say, set it aflame more, Lord. We see the world and, and its condition. Prophets so often said, Lord, world falling apart. They're looking for Messiah. Turns around and says, we have Messiah. What a hope. What a promise. What a truth. So, Lord, we're not looking to history. We're looking to the God of the present. And we're asking, Father, that you will burn on within all of our lives. Bless your people as we've set this time aside in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please have your seats for a little bit as we have a few comments we'd like to make before we go to the Word. Wonderful to see our children standing before us. You know, that you see um, the way the world is now living. We see the children the way that they are. And I'm always astounded to see, you know, what, what pro- what's being produced. And I'm, I, I thought I was shocked. I can't be shocked anymore. But then I find out I get shocked. And to see beautiful young people that have been raised in Holy Ghost homes, that have Holy Ghost standards, that don't allow the Laodicean demons take effect of their lives, and you see them smiling and happy. And I, I love the scripture where it says, It shall be unto you and to your children and your children's children. And I never thought when I got saved at 21 that I would see even have children. And now I have my children's children. And I can say this day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And I'm blessed beyond measure. And then to see your children and your children's children. I think it's a marvelous thing that we have a blanket of protection by the word of life. And I have never taken it for granted. I trust you never take it for granted. This message is your protection. It has protected you and kept you and has kept your minds clean. Um, I was talking to a young lady the other day. And and like I said, I, I thought I could never be shocked. But for their Christmas present, they're buying tattoos for their grandchild. Uh, that to me is like buying cigarettes or alcohol or tattoos in Christmas. I said, praise God for a message. Thank God that you can have your children grow up in the presence of holiness. 
They are being bombarded. I go to try and get a Starbucks and I got rings and noses. And they're talking through their nose and I can't even understand what they're saying. I said, just take the thing out of your nose and I'll understand what you're saying. But it's, it's a remarkable thing that we live in an age that we're living in. I hesitate and yet I don't hesitate to say Merry Christmas. I'm not ashamed of Christ and Christmas. We know it is a, 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 it's really a tradition. I looked it up, started 300 years ago, 300 years after Christ, and man has made it what it is, and it is an absolute shame. I wonder how many, as Brother Bram said, how many adulteries were created last night from a Christmas party. That was not Christ and Christmas. How many, how many accidents, how many murders, how many whatever. But we can rejoice in knowing that we do have indeed the Christ. And we can put Christ in our Christmas. And it's not an expression. I didn't want it to be an expression because they've been using it for years. And of course they put the X in Christmas and then they make the, the big statement, put Christ back into Christmas. I don't want to go into my messages yet, but... They never had Christ to put it in Christmas. I'm sorry, friends. Ichabod was already written on Laodicea. How on earth were they going to put Christ back into Christmas? The only people on the face of the earth that can do that is the bride of Jesus Christ. And that might sound a little strong, but it's nevertheless true, and that will be the premise of my little message this morning. There's no one that can put Christ in Christmas outside of the Christ that has come today. And that is the Christ. I don't know what they have in their imaginary mind what Christ is. It's not Santa Claus. It's not silly jingle bells. It's not this nonsense that has been bombarded in society. And surely we can tear those little things away. And not without, not to be ashamed of it. And not to sound like I'm some ogre of Christmas or something. Christmas is about Jesus Christ and the gift that he gave humanity. I pulled out some of the songs, you know, that they sing. And, you know, I just last night, I guess, you know, I tried to relax my mind. I thought, well, what are they going to be singing this Christmas in their grand choirs and churches of 55,000 people? And it'll, it'll, it'll blow your mind. It will blow your mind. I mean, churches that... You know, 35,000, 45,000, 55,000 people. And they'll be in the robe choirs and they sing the same songs that we sing. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconcile. Well, if they really, really believed in reconciliation, they wouldn't be in the condition that they are. And so they sing so much, but it doesn't have no meaning. Christ is born in Bethlehem. That was the Redeemer. That was the promised Son that would bruise the serpent's head. These are just great truths. Life, light and life to all He brings, raising, healing in His wings. And do they know what they're singing? I would say nay. No, they don't know what they're singing. But we know what we're singing. And for that we can rejoice because unless Jesus came, we would not be sitting here. And no, was it a day in particular? Well, we'll just remember the time 
And this is the time that we're remembering Him. And thank God that Jesus came to redeem fallen man. You have a reason to rejoice. You know what reconciliation is. You can say, hark the herald angels sing. We can sing amongst the angels this morning. And we can glorify God and not be ashamed. Amen. Joy, can I say to the world. The Lord is come. Joy to the world. Let men their songs employ. My, we have so much indeed to be thankful for. And Brother, Brother Ed had mentioned this morning already the different ones that will be baptized. Brother Jim, Sister Shirley sitting here. We're thankful for your life. Thankful for what God's done. We talk about missions, and let me talk about missions this morning. We think missions is a mission field outside of North America. And we get in our minds because we, that's what we've been taught, and missions is missions. If all the earth was one piece of land, we'd be missioning to wherever. We wouldn't have to fly. But we need, and as we have done and have had example over these many years since I was 21... We were taught the missionary in our own backyard before you go outside. And so the mission field here is working well. And I'm thankful for men of God that can missionary not only in their backyard, but in Tawasson. And can have Bible studies, which I've had the privilege to do, uh, be a part of that, Brother Jim. And I think it's a wonderful thing that it doesn't matter whether it be in Burnaby, Richmond, North Vancouver... England, Nigeria, missions is missions. And we will get this word out. Amen. We don't want to be looking out there when we have it right here. And God has so used our precious brother Murphy. And we're thankful for what God has confirmed his word. Amen. We have to remember Sister Dana Robinson. Uh, She was in a car accident. I've been on the phone many times with Brother Jerry yesterday. They're waiting, of course, to put a team together over this Christmas season to to do an operation. It's a major operation. This is not just an operation. Every operation is is major. Anytime you open your body up, it's major. And so she's under. She is going to go through a very major operation. So the family has requested if we would just pray for them. Um, the, the family alone is a lot of people and they need time to be around one another I know you'd mean well by going there but they have requested that you just hold off pray for them and watch God do a great work Amen. brother Ed preempted me because I know that I was there when the doctors said and he asked them what would you do doctor and he said, well, if you want to see Christmas, I would have it done. Brother Ed felt to have it done. And we have him for our Christmas. God bless you, brother. And many more if the Lord should tarry. Amen. God watching over his sons. You know what? Just remember now. We need him. 
but we don't want to overtax him. We have to be very mature about that. And so we, he'll know when he, he knows our need. And so we will hold him up. We're thankful for God for the time that he's given us. And we will continue to hold him up, but we won't intendate him. And I heard a hearty amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I hope that I didn't step out of line. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to block and protect. Amen. I had a wonderful email. I, I'm, I know the brothers get emails uh, from overseas all the time. I do myself. And I'm probably the worst emailer in history. And all the brothers that know me know that I am. And so that, and Brother Tim says, Amen, I heard that. <laughs> but if you let them know that early, then they're not upset that you don't email them back because of no respect to persons. You just don't get an email until I feel this in an email. I, I don't like to be tied down in some ways. Other brothers are fantastic, and I, don't, I, I admire them for that. I got a wonderful email from Brother Basabozi, and I'm sure the brothers have had it. And all I know is the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are living in the book of Acts. Now, you know, a lot of times you might divorce yourself and say, well, we live here in North America. That happened over in Uganda or Ethiopia. I just want to help your minds this morning without lingering for the service. Uh, Many of you have been uh, fans of different hockey teams, baseball teams. You've never played baseball probably in your life or shot a hoop on on the NBA. But you have your, you know, you've got the Spurs or you've got the whoever's and, you know, those are your favorite team. And finally they win. And it always amazes me. I hear somebody say, we won. Well, what do you mean you won? You didn't play. But you identified yourself with the team. And because your team won, you won. Well, if that, that to me is just a perversion of what is in the reality form called the bride of Jesus Christ. A member of the body has had a great victory over in Africa. I want to say we won. We won. And God has men over in different areas, and, and God's using them in a mighty way. And, and, and Brother Bazabozi, he, sent, he said, Shalom, brother. Greeting from Adas Ababa. And in Ethiopia, God bless you. A dying man has been restored. I say, Glory! That's a great Christmas present. You say, well, we get all caught down in our own little lives here and we got rent and we got our car problems that are breaking down. But God's still moving and they're on my team. They're on my team. And so now when they give me an email like this, a dying man is restored back to life. I say, praise God, that's my God in Africa, the same one that is here today. Amen. He said, I sent this email to Brother Biscoe, but I wanted you to know. Well, I'm so happy, you know, because I was doing a jig in my own little, in my own little room. He said, now, and, and he goes on to say, he says, um, Sister Buzanesh uh, quickly came. She requested that we pray, pray for her brother. 
And God heard our prayer. Her brother was restored to full health. Perfectly whole and discharged from the hospital. Praise the Lord. So it goes on to different ones that heard the testimonies. Lives have been changed by the power of God. I say, Lord, send the power just now in Cloverdale. So they hear of the different ones that are being raised and being affected. They thought they would lose hope because of the situation so dire. A man is dying with TB. By the time they pray for him, he walks out of their hole within a week. I say, praise be to God. That's my God. That is your God. And that is the God of this message. Amen. I hope that's not too strong for you. Now he's talking about this other brother's uh, brother is a a Lutheran priest. And he had received a dream the night before. He went into the hospital and he went to pray for his brother. But there's something that was hindering him to a point. It was hindering up, but it would not hinder us. He told us about his dream and what had happened. Now the priest has a daughter that's 16 years old. She's epileptic, desires to bring her for prayer. From what we have heard from Sister Buzanis, she also wants to be baptized and we're waiting upon God and trusting Him for He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are expecting great things. I I trust this morning you're expecting great things. Because now it's not the Christ in the manger, it's Christ within the heart of the believer. We are really putting Christ in Christmas by the word in his bride. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's rejoice. Amen. Yes, sir. I think it would be wise to just say that the tribe where this brother comes from, Mm -hmm. they call him one who was raised up from tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. He was on the countdown of death. Right. And they called him their Lazarus. Their Lazarus. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, they've opened up the whole tribe for Brother Busbosi to come and give them that. Did you hear that? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Because of this man that was raised up out of, uh, uh, from, from death, really, they have called him Lazarus, which is a very good name, which has affected the village that he's in, and the village has opened their doors that the brothers would come in and preach this gospel. I say, to God be the glory. <laughs> That's this message... That's this Jesus that is called Christ. You know, saints, I'm, I'm sorry for... I'm just charged, Brother Ed, Brother Tim. I, I, I should get these reports more often, I guess. But I, one of our past weddings, I had a gentleman sit at the table. Well, actually, he wasn't at my table, but he was in the fellowship room. And um, he was standing there. Nobody was talking to him. And I always feel embarrassed about that because if it was me, I'd always want somebody to come and talk to me. And I know it's to feel out of place, so I hate to see somebody else feel out of place. So I just put my arm around him, and I said, Hi, I'm Brother Tom. Oh, he says, That's nice to know you. And, of course, this was uh, uh, David and Linda's wedding. And there was their neighbor or friend that they had from Victoria, and he was standing there. 
I, I said, why don't you have a seat? Let's talk about, you know, let's talk about it. He says, you know, your people are incredible. I said, they are. I'm not ashamed of you. I said, you are, you would think they are incredible. He says, this is amazing. What kind of people that pull around together and they, and they help one another here. He, he was just really taken back with you. I said, oh, yeah. He says, you know, I, I go over to Africa once in a while. I said, you know what? I just got back from Africa. Oh, he says, you have? I said, yeah, I have. Oh, he says, are you depressed? <laughs> depressed. I don't know what depression is. So I said, no. He says, oh, I go over there and I'm on their council and, you know, the director of missions and different things. He says, and we see a decrease of people coming to church. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, I was just over in Africa. We had 7,500 young people come to our meetings and a group walked for a week for one service. And his eyeballs came about that big. And I said, praise God. Our God is on the throne. Amen. And if you don't want it, I want what you don't want. All I want, I want more of Jesus. Now, I, I don't want to bring this really down, but I, I, we sang Beautiful Star of Bethlehem, right? I, I, think, I, I, I thought, eh, they're probably going to sing Beautiful Star of Bethlehem, right? And I thought, well, I don't want to sing Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. <laughs> I want to sing Beautiful Christ. Amen. That's what I want to sing this morning. It's my Christmas song. Would you help me sing that? Amen. Before we go to the Word. Oh, right. 
that on our lips, let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38 to 41. Thank you, musicians. Thank you very much. I thought, well, what a text to have for a Christmas message, but there's a point to, to us turning to this. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 38. All right. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 38. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth, or there was a hunger in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, seething pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out in the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full, and he came and he shred them into the pot, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating the pottage. They cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. And he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Brother Bram said, In Christ, Christ was in the hand of the prophet. When his meal, being the same was the type of Christ, meal is life. And the type of Christ, the meal being ground up. The same meaning, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. And the meal offering. And when they put this meal into there, putting Christ into death, brought life. What a gift. When Christ came into your life, into death itself, and that meal offering was put in your pot, what happened? Life. And I want to say this morning, thank God for life. Let's bow our heads a word of prayer one more time. Father, as we will look into your word this morning, rejoicing for what you're doing. Not only here in Cloverdale, but around the world. And Father, we're thankful for those that will be baptized after the service. What a Christmas gift that is to the church. To see lives desiring to walk in the revelation of who you are. Bless them. Bless this service. And be glorified now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God be with you now as you have your seats. I won't try and make a long service, but we've got a lot of hay in our fork, and it's not turkey. It's the Word. There's many times people trying to add ingredients in their spiritual lives, thinking and hoping that it will be something that will bring forth life. 
We don't eat because we want to die. We eat because we want to live. And so many people today, they, they'll uh, go to certain... Let's, let's just go quickly to the spiritual part. They will go to church this morning thinking that they're eating off the master's table. And finding out as time goes on more and more, they are dying. Literally dying. Their children are dying. Their families are dying. They're living off a God of history rather than a God of the present. But God has a representative for the hour and for their day. And it's not everybody that recognizes it. They have their schools, they have their churches, they have their, their theology, they have their ideas. Whether or not it's good or bad, that's totally up to them. I'm not to tell them that it's bad or good or whatever. All I want to know is where there's life, not death. And people see their families going. Families that used to be family structure and, and, and sons used to gather around father and father used to be able to, to give wisdom to their children and now with an age of information, they don't even not want to even know what dad thinks about anything. Dad's been displaced by Google. But one thing Google does not have is experience. It might have information, but it doesn't have the experience. And so anyways, the family ties are gone. The, the, the whole fabric has been torn down. People are having churches because they want numbers. People are having churches because they need a meal ticket. People are going to church because it's their religious duty. And we see it all around us. God help us. That we don't come to church on our Sundays or our Wednesdays just because we need to fulfill some religious duty. We want to come to church because church is life to us. It can happen all around you. And miss it. Here is Elisha right there. But they had their, their sons of the prophets and prophets and go out. And can you imagine picking poison gourds and cooking them? I can, you know, I don't know about you, but when I prepare something to eat, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Oh, man, I got, my lips are smacking and I'm chopping and, you know... Joanna's saying, do this, and I do that, and I just can't wait for it to get cooked. Half the time, she boots me out of the kitchen now. But, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, you just look forward to, and at the end of the day, you want a good meal, but at, when you have the meal, the last thing you want is see your husband keel over. And that wouldn't be fun. You call 911. What did I put in the pot? But many churches today, they're throwing so much into the pot and they're throwing in their music programs. I looked at one of the largest churches in America today. Their program is music. I mean, it's all music. There's no word, there's no nothing. And what is it creating? Death in the pot. But they've had a messenger 
in this age, around the world, preaching this gospel, identifying Christ, and yet there's a rejection for the very thing that they need. Even with Brother Branham, I have this quote here out of recognizing your day in this message. Can you imagine Brother Branham's second home to Jeffersonville was Shreveport? And they said, well, if you ever need to find where Brother Branham is, just check out what's happening at Shreveport. That's how often he's there. And they find out here, Brother Branham says, now, that's all they write about, revival, revival. Everybody's complaining. Ministers are crying. They're reading. Uh, outstanding, they're writing outstanding papers. Fine papers. I know the editors. They're good and godly people. Brother and Sister Moore, herald of their coming. Finest papers in the field, herald of his coming. But they hardly will print anything unless it's about fast pray, fast pray. Pray, blow a trumpet. Can you imagine? Here is the revival. Standing right in their midst. But the church was dying. You have to take it for yourself. How many reads it? And you know it. You see the all, it all the time. Fast pray, fast pray. It's all you hear is fast pray. We're going to have a great breaking of the day. Breaking of the day, they had the opening of the seals. The word was being expounded. The word of God was going forth. The third pull was happening. And they're still looking to fast pray, fast pray. And then you find people sitting in a church, not reaching out in the spirit themselves. Because they're living off the enthusiasm of a church rather than off what God is making real for them personally. And parents, you need to start to realize, especially at this season, it's not good enough your children come to church, but they come to meet the God that is present. Not just good young people but good young people that actually have an experience with God. Nurture that. Nurture it at home. Honey, how are you doing? How is the Word unfolding? Is God speaking to your heart? Don't wait for a Saturday. Did you get anything out of church? Prepare the ground before you come to church. Maybe the Holy Spirit will speak to you, honey. Maybe the Lord will deal with you through the Word. We need to start working with our children. Because you can be all around it and miss that Elijah is present. They missed the prophet in their day. And it was right there amongst them. And they didn't think anything of it. But let me be a watchman on a tower for you today. Unless you eat this message, there is death in your pot. I don't need to shout it out. I don't need to scream it in your ears. It is a living reality. Anything you eat outside of this message is going to kill you. 
And don't be surprised, parents, 14 years and 16 years, 17 years, and you haven't fed them a diet around the Word. That they just start going off and start going there. It's not pounding them and saying, you must listen to this and this is what you've got to do. Have you listened to a tape today? It's nurturing them. Honey, 15 minutes. Give God 15 minutes. Give Him 20 minutes. How about let's sitting down together? This is Christmas. This is family time. This is family time. There's nothing more important. Your shopping is way low than your daughter that needs an experience with God. You will find your time so taken up and all of a sudden she's 16 and she's gone. 17 and she's out of the home. 18 and she's married. Where did those years go? You can talk to some of these elder sisters if you want to find that one out. You can talk to me as a brother. I'd give anything. That, in fact, I was in the hospital visiting my mom the other day, and this, this gentleman, he's about six foot six, and he's carrying this little baby in his arms, and the, and the nurse is right beside them. And, and I didn't know, you know, he never asked, is it a newborn or, you know, I, I never know. They all look the same to me at that age. And uh, so the nurse said, oh, he's a new father. I said, you are? I said, fantastic. The nurse looks at me like, where are you from? I said, fantastic. I said, take that baby home, love that baby, enjoy that baby, and be with that baby. I'll tell you what, he's never had that kind of counsel before. We need that, saints. You need that. You need to spend time. Your boss is not more important than your child. Your job is no important than your son or your daughter. There's too much death in the pot. There's too much death in the land. Grows darkness to people. There's death all around. But I'll tell you, there's a message here that can be thrown into your pot. And will change the atmosphere of your home. And will save your children. And give them the Holy Ghost. And give you a blessed life in Christ. There's nothing like it, Saint. But don't let it be all around you. And take the consequence of what is around you. There is a word that is needed in this hour. Death is indeed in this part of Laodicea. Jingle bells, I'll tell you, is death. Dashing through the snow, what has that got to do with Christmas? Some of you are smiling and some of you aren't looking at me. I'll tell you what your Christmas will be. Beautiful Christ. King of my life is He. Sit around the table and say, if Christ hadn't come in Daddy's life, we wouldn't be sitting at this table. If Christ hadn't come into Mommy's life, we wouldn't have union and have three beautiful children. Where did candy cane come from? Uh, It was a terrible thing. When I first got saved and Joanne, I... 
I would take her forcibly, I shouldn't say forcibly, she forcibly took me to my family. I say, honey, I don't want you around them. I say, they're worldly people, you're holy, and I'm not going to keep you there. She says, we're going to your family. I said, no, honey, we're not. I said, they'll, they'll be doing this and they'll be doing that. She said, no, nope, we're going. I said, why are we going? So we can be a testimony. I said, all right, I always listen to my wife. <laughs> in some things. I better throw that one in there. I love her. But it, without Christ, that's why I, 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 it irks me. And I, I'm sorry if I've offended you this morning already. Please forgive me. You have to. I thought I'd throw that one in right away too. <laughs> if I say forgive me, you have to forgive me. But I don't like, here comes Santa Claus. I do not like Frosty the Snowman. And I do not like, I don't care for it. I bet. Because what it takes is away from the atonement. I think I said enough on that. Should I go end the service? <laughs> Throw away all your candy canes? I know, forget it. But indeed there is death. And all, all Satan does is weaves that in there to lessen the effect, to lessen the effect, to lessen the effect, lessen the effect. Brother Bram said it's Christmas. So I, I, I can't quote him, can't I? It's, you know, people used to preach against Christmas, right? If you're spiritual, you didn't believe in Christmas. I think we've grown up. I think we've grown up. But we don't want to overdo it. I think we've grown up. It's Christmas. Well, I'll hit your tinsel on your Christmas tree right now. It's all tinseled up and down the street at Christmas. He said, with that old German fiction. A Catholic dogma. There's not one ounce of it's true. It takes the place of Jesus Christ in the hearts of too many Americans. Christmas does not mean Santa Claus. I, you know, don't worry. I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching at anybody in particular. I'll look up. Nobody needs to sit on Santa Claus's lap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just in case there's one here, I'm looking right up. What is it doing? It's taking away the place of Jesus Christ in the hearts of too many Americans. Christmas doesn't mean Santa Claus. Christmas means Christ. And that is my title. Christmas means what? Can I hear it again? Christmas means Christ. When you walk into a room of unbelievers, beautiful Christ. Beautiful Christ. 
When I walked into my unbelieving parents' home at Christmas time, you not only become beautiful Christ, you become the unwelcome Christ. And that's all right. That is all right. You live that before them. You don't be ashamed of that. You wear that badge proudly. Because there will be someone in your family that will be looking for the Christ that's in you. Do not compromise. Do not compromise. I'm identified and not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. Christmas means Christ. It's not some man with a pipe in his mouth coming down a chimney. And you say, Brother Tom, that is so elementary. It is for him, for me, for Brother Andy's. But we have a lot of young ones. A lot of young ones. With We have withstood for 30 and 40 years. But Satan will start creeping and creeping and you'll be singing and singing. I want you to sing about Christ. You say, well, you're fanatical. I'm not fanatical. I just love Him more. To love Him more is to lift Him up, to magnify Him. When I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm not looking back in some romantic memory. Most of the times, it's a horror story. Isn't that right, Ken? We have old horror stories of Christmas past. But praise God for the Christmas of the present because Christ is Christmas and He means more to me than He ever has in my whole entire life. Is this too basic or too hard on you? I'll throw out page 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Where is Jesus? Brother Bram said, where is he? It's Christmas. Christmas is Christ. God and Savior. And Jesus is his name. And then I'll sing, oh sing, oh sing of my Redeemer. Can you imagine that I could walk into a home and talk about Jesus and they've never, in Canada, not in China, not in Africa, in Canada, never heard the name Jesus. So taken out of Christmas. It is a time for us to realize that Christ in Christmas is the God in you. You say, well, I want to put Christ back in Christmas. Then get Christ in you. Get the Word in you. Get the life in you. Get the power in you. Get the resurrection in you. Don't get quiet. Just rejoice. Because if Christ is Christmas, then you've got Christ in you, the hope of glory. Questions and answers. 
I appreciate, he said, all your prayers. And by God's help and grace, a very Merry Christmas. There's, here's the balance. There is a balance. It's, it's, it, you know, it's not this way or that way. It's balanced. Very Merry Christmas to everyone. Remember by saying this, it's not Santa Claus. It's Jesus. Christmas means Christ. Amen. And we're riding along last night, showing the kitties all the houses decorated everywhere, which was awful nice. But I thought, if I ever had anything on my house, if I had anything on my house, that I ever wanted to write, there would be a neon sign. Trusting Christ will be in your Christmas. Shout it on the hilltop. Trusting Christ will be in your Christmas. I won't be long. But it's your little Christmas message. That's right. Put Christ back into Christmas. Then I thought, how can they? How can they? Because my Bible says, and your Bible says in Revelation 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. Christ is outside, so how are they going to put it in? So you're getting a taste of no Christ in Christmas. That's why it's happy holiday. Best of the season. What season? Happy what? What holiday? You know holiday comes from the root word holy day? They don't even know what they're saying. Have a happy holy day. You too. (laughs) Next time they say that, happy holiday. You say, you know what holiday means? Holy. Are you holy? Are you holy? Do you know Jesus? He's holy. Amen. They don't even know what they're talking about. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. He's Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the great baptizer. He's the deliverer. He's your savior. Hallelujah. They don't have a clue what they're saying. But now you do. Next time you say happy ho ho You say just a second happy holy day. What are you talking about? Now you can tell them what you're talking about. The churches have watered down the gospel so much, their people don't even know what it is all about. And they wonder why the church is in the condition it is today. And they got to drum up their music and they got to have their programs. I say, give them Christ, give them the Word. Hallelujah. It'll take every bad attitude out of you. Oh, and people start looking down instead of straight forward. That's okay. I'm going to give you Christ at Christ's Christmas. It will make you love your brother. Is that the whole time gospel way? Mm Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. You okay with me now? Okay, I'll just check my time now.
So here, how do you put Christ in Christmas when Christ is outside the door knocking? So the only Christmas they're going to see Christ in is in you. And so when you sing, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. It doesn't correlate to Christ and Christmas. It's a perversion that's trying to wane its way into our everyday lives. And you think if I'm being too hard, I'm not. It's just nonsense. No man can go around the world with a sack of toys. Really. And the people feed that to their children. I remember I was in grade two. I was coming out at Christmas holidays. And I was putting on my rain slicker. It was yellow. Remember those old snaps that used to go over them? I don't know if you remember those. And I was putting on about my third snap. And, you know, we always have one girl in the class that knows everything. She was my, she was next to where my coat was. And she was talking to her friend. Do you know there's no such thing as Santa Claus? And I go, no. Brother Bram said, don't do that to your children. Because if you tell them that kind of a lie, then when you want to tell them the truth, they question whether that is not a lie or a truth. Tell them the truth. It's nonsense. When you go through a mall, it's nonsense. Christ is in Christmas, which Christ, and we'll get into it, is the anointing. Ram goes on to say this in sign of his time. Can't you see the handwriting on the wall? The handwriting in the sky? It's Ichabod on the church. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. Where are we standing? What's the matter? This is horrible times. How on earth can they put Christ in Christmas? They are producing something what they are. And we aren't them. Brother Bram goes on to say, We are at the end time. The writing's on the wall. Ichabod's on the church. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. Is everybody listening? If the Spirit... This is now your prophet preaching 1958. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. Writings on the wall. Ichabod's on the church. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. The church is being made ready. Come out. Walk separate. Get out. Go to the middle of God's salvation. Hang on to Christ. The hour of wrath is upon us. The signs and the wonders are here. Approaching His coming. His Spirit is right here now. It's left the church, but now that anointing or that life is with the prophet. I hope you don't judge me a fanatic. I don't know nothing about it. I believe to be the servant of the Lord. And after the great striking things that I've said about the end time, remember, Jesus promised to appear at the end of the Gentile age and do the same thing. As he did when he was represented here to the Jews. How did he do it? He discerned their thoughts. 
of their heart, telling them where they have been, what's it all about, and how that it's true. That was the last sign before destruction. Here it is again tonight. The same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit with His picture being taken. Every scientific thing as it was in the days of Babylon. Here it is right again tonight. We're at the end time. He knows all about you. Do you believe that? No God in Laodicea. Laodicea is God trying to get in. Can you say tonight then, He leadeth me, O blessed thought. Just as the three wise men were led by that light or that star, Brother Branham said, is the same one that is leading you and I to the Word made flesh. Glory. Praise the Lord. That's the Christ in Christmas. He leads me, oh, blessed thought. He leads me to the Word made flesh. He said, look at that star that led them. It comes over every observatory and everything else, but it wasn't for everyone. Right. It wasn't for everyone in the time of Elijah. It wasn't for everyone in the time of John the Baptist. It wasn't for everyone for Malachi 4. But it's for the elect. And for that I say Merry Christmas. Christ has been put into your Christmas. Not jingle bells. But Christ. And I thank God for it. Thank God for the meaning of it. It was just given for you to see it. You talk about the wise men traveling two years. Matthew, how did you get here from Iran? Who led you? To a little girl that said, Where's my husband? For all you little girls that are wondering where your husband is, he can even bring him from overseas. True? Let him over valleys and hills and oceans. How has God led you? I think tonight, Sharon, you might as well put up your hand and say, Praise the Lord, he led me right to my husband. So then can I ask you the question, has he led you? Has Jesus led you? Daniel, what are you doing here? You should be in Nigeria somewhere, shouldn't you? Shh, come on. What are you doing here, man? Where's your daddy? Is Victor here? Front row. Where are you, Victor? Right here. How come you're not standing up when I call your name? Just say, President accounted for. Huh? How did God get you here? Why did God bring you here? God brought you here. Who was leading you? That same star that led the wise men to the Word made flesh led you here. And because He led you here, we have Victor. Because He led you here, we have Victoria. Because He led you here, 
We have Daniel. I'm just waiting for Sam. He does a complete work, Brother Victor. How many believe with me? Amen. He doesn't do a half work. He does a complete work. I say, God makes Samuel so miserable. You say, well, I've never prayed that before ever. Well, start praying it. Don't bless him. Bless him. Make him miserable. Make him miserable so God can bless him. What a Christmas present. Let's claim him for the glory of God. The same God that led you can lead him back to this front row. Amen. Absolutely. That's why the prophet say he, he's here right now. He's here present. He's with you, even in you, to the end of the world. He's led me thus far. He'll continue to lead me home. He leadeth me, O blessed thought. Look at that star that led those wise men. Is the same God that is leading his elected seed gene of God. Brother Kyle, I so admire you. You say, well, he's younger than you. I don't care. You know, what I, you know what I like? You know who I'm going to have a million years of fellowship with? Have we talked about maybe this before? You know who I love? Brother Bosworth. He said, where are you coming from, Brother Tom? Brother Bosworth was 70-some years old when the prophet came on the scene. And he was a, he was a man that was, a, he was the vanguard for the healing ministry. He was, a, he was a powerful man. But when that prophet came on the scene, he didn't care about age. He said to Brother Branham, can I carry your suitcase? And I feel very proud, Brother Kyle, to see a young man burdened for the Word of God, taking him from Cloverdale, put him over in, 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 in Vancouver Island. I say the same God that led you here is leading you to Vancouver Island. Amen! So we got to trust in our leadership. Remember, you're not going to have the light all the time. Oh, it's always there, but you might not see it. Brother Bram said they came to Jerusalem and the light went out. Right? The light went out. And can you imagine now, here it is. Herod sees these three wise men show up. Mike, here he is, okay? You know, he's hearing this talk and buzz around town that three wise men show up. So they said, what are you looking for? We're looking for the king of the Jews. Well, I'm king of the Jews. No, we're looking for the real king. Well, that really puts on the jealousy meter way up. Huh? The jealousy meter, I mean, it's alive and well in a lot of people's lives. You mean God's using him and not me? What's going on here? So what does he do? He calls his men, his wise men, his chief theologians, and says, hey, he says, where is this Christ to be born? And his wise men actually come up with the right answer. But do they go, Nathan, do they go? Do they go? Well, come on, Nathan. If you found out that the Christ was here and you knew exactly the city and where it would be, wouldn't you go? Why? Because you got a seat in you. But Herod didn't want to know where he was. He just wanted to know where he was so he could murder him. And there's a lot of murderers around. They know exactly where Christ is. And they try to murder your influence. Just don't be a Herod. Be a wise man. Don't get jealous that God uses Kyle and not me. I say block for the man of God. 
You're going to have such a protection around you. Brother Kyle, we're going to block until nobody can get at you. Is that all right? Sure, he's worth it. He's more than worth it. But the Holy Spirit that has led you thus far will continue to lead you. Because that presence is always to lead us to the Word made flesh. Amen. He's the pillar of fire who is leading us. He's the angel of the covenant. It's Jesus Christ himself. That light, that pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. Can you imagine? The one that led the children of Israel. That pillar of fire that was the go-between between life and death. Because without that pillar of fire there, Egypt would have killed Israel. But because the presence of God was between him and death... They were protected. Israel was protected. Brother Bram goes, goes on to say, What is between you and life is the angel of the Lord holding death back. Same light. Same Jesus. Same word. Same Christ. No wonder we could put Christ back in, into Christmas today. It's Jesus leading us every step of the way. He said, don't you see that light, that pillar of fire that led the children of Israel? Can you imagine? (laughs) Hanging over Alex there. That same one that was with Moses is with you, Alex. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said that same pillar of fire came into the prison cell for Peter and Silas. Paul and Silas. There he delivered them from prison. That same angel of the Lord. That same one that was here hundreds and thousands of years ago is still here with us now. This Christ is in this Christmas season. I say glory to God. Then if God is here, the devil has to move out. And you might as well rejoice at this Christmas season. He's the mighty conqueror. Satan, get behind me. He's my gift. He's my presence. And he's my God. And I claim the victory in the name of Jesus. I'm not putting this gift on the shelf. I'm putting him in my heart. And where I go, he goes. Hallelujah. This Jesus, this Christ, this star is living in me. Hallelujah. Now, that's why he said, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed. You are the Christ of this day. Come on, this is your Christmas. We're putting the real Christ in Christmas. They can't have it. It's outside knocking to come in. But we've got it right amongst us. Praise God, brother. Greg. What a Christmas you got this year. Huh? What a Christmas you all have. What a Christmas. A home united Christmas. Who could do that but Jesus? Hallelujah. Every dad should be able to stand up here this morning and say, Praise God, I'm having a real Christmas this year. I got my family all around me. I believe for my children. I stand for my daughter. Amen. We are having 
Merry Christmas this morning. They can have their Christmas. I'm eating the body word of the Son of Man. And He's my strength giver. They've got always the perversion of something that is real. But I'm eating the book this morning. It's an open book and it's alive and it's well. Listen, I'm not playing with my fire engine no more. All I wanted for Christmas was a fire engine. Guess what? I never got it. Maybe that makes me my... That's why I got a complex. I don't know. Everybody's got an excuse for some complex. You know why the way I am is because I didn't get my little red fire truck. Really, Tom? Grow up. We don't get everything we want, but we get everything we need. And the Lord knows our needs this morning at Christmas time. You've got God wrapped up in your flesh this morning. And I say praise be to God. That means more than any present under some tree somewhere. I hope this makes sense to you. And I hope you can go away rejoicing. Yes, Christmas is for our children. And I have no problem giving any little gifts. And, and I might as well say, have you, Brother Tom, did you go shopping? I know you're dying for that answer. Come and see me. <laughs> but when we give those children those little gifts, I want them to know it's because of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was able to give me something that I could give back. I love you. You have been the most precious gift that God has given me. The church. I remember my first, first New Year's Eve service. My family wanted nothing to do with me. Absolutely zero. I was beyond the black sheep of the family. They didn't even want to know that I was their sheep. But I remember a scripture the Lord gave me. If you forsake mother, father, sister, brother, I will give you mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, a hundredfold. Yeah. I know it is to walk alone, folks. I know what it is. I know what it is to walk down a road. Everything's stripped from you. But I know also what it is for God to pour back, press down, running over. I know what it is to have real friends, real brothers and sisters, real mothers of the gospel. I cherish my gifts. I don't put them on shelves and forget about them. I think of you and pray for you often. I love every one of you. And I want to see the kingdom of God as we enter together rejoice to know that He has come into our lives and He's led us to this Christ. 
led us to this living word. And for that, I can't thank him enough. This great pillar of fire, this one that has made you and me, Brother Darren, think of it as those years ago. Hardly know each other. Now we can't be without each other. Kings and priests unto God. God's called us, Brother Bram said. God's called us. God has made you each kings. Derek, hardly even knew you, man. Comes from where? Nowhere, Zill. I mean, how do I know you? I don't. And then all of a sudden come into your lives and it's like you've known each other all your life. I have Brother Mark and Sister Rachel, all the, all the ones that have been so dear and precious to me. Could I outgive God? I could never outgive God. But for what He does give, Marilyn, you've meant a lot to me. And then he says, outside of salvation, the greatest gift you could ever be given is a wife. And I'm a darling here. Some people say, well, you endear her too much. I can't endear her enough. Give me three wonderful children. And then those beautiful daughters-in-laws. Just everybody on notice, I got the best. And you should feel the same for yourselves. And then, how, how could I not love him? How could I not love him? It's not a, a church as a such or a form as such. It's life. He's given me life in you and life in my family. Life is the most cherished thing. And then given me the greatest friends on the face of the earth. May this Christmas mean more to you than ever before. This Jesus has made us kings. Can you imagine? I'm from Chilliwack and I'm a king. I used to wake up to the smell of manure. I I think Lyndon does anyway, so... I said to the people in China, I said, I'm nobody. I'm absolute nobody. And then God would bring me from there to able to minister to people in China. I feel humbled. I don't feel elated. I feel humbled. I feel humbled every time I stand here. And I say, I have nothing to say. But what I do say, I want you to know it's from my heart, not from my head. I just want to say at this Christmas time, whether they be on the internet that have joined these many years, and I get fried over the emails that I get and the gifts and the cards and the kind things that said, and I think, who on earth? Nothing. 
but a redeemed son of God. It has given me the privilege to stand with such royal people as you. I understand that I've been given the most precious commodity. It's Christ himself in me. The hope of glory. And I want this Christ at this Christmas time to become more real and more manifested for you and for me. Where I failed, Father, forgive me. But I want to press the kingdom like never before. And I want the deity of God to be manifested. Wherefore, Paul writes in Colossians, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. And I do not say that with me. I'm just quoting Paul. To fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generation, is now made manifest in his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of glory of his mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What a rich, what a rich deposit. What a present. What a Christ. And if he, he deems it that, then I must deem it, Michael, in you. A great treasure. Brother Kobus, we heard about you this morning. God bless you. I would love to say every one of your names. Because you are indeed a great treasure of this great glory that has been hid throughout the ages and been now made manifested in our day. May you take this great treasure and this great gift. May it be magnified in your lives and may you live it to the fullest. And may they see nothing but Jesus this Christmas. And may you reflect the glory of his August presence. And God bless you. God bless your homes. God bless your families. God bless you individually. And God bless all your efforts this year for the kingdom of God. Musicians, please, why don't you come? To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man, every man, every woman, perfect in Christ Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful, Brother Kyle, standing on that day? Standing together, Brother Tim, Brother John, standing with our pastor, 
as the saints come marching in and we can say we've presented them perfect through the blood of the Lamb. Every blemish washed, cleansed, and gone. Amen. Praise be to God. So get Christ. If you haven't got him, get him. Get Christ in your heart, Josh. Get Christ in your heart. Let him live in you. Let him magnify himself through you. Christ and the Holy Spirit is the same thing. Christ means the anointed one. The Holy Spirit is that anointing. And you're the one that's anointed. And it's Christ in you. Anointing you. Let's unwrap your gift this Christmas. Don't hide it. Let's unwrap it. And let them see this anointing. Let them see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Let them see that which has been hidden throughout the ages. Now be made manifest in your little world, in my world. And may we live and love this Jesus at this time. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. We love you. Let's stand. In Christ alone.
that are getting ready to be baptized, why don't you just make your way? Brother Murphy is making his way. God bless you. Let's just rejoice this morning. No guilt in life. No fear in One more time in Christ.
does not struggle, and he does not strive, and for the power that made him rise, is already. Oh, let's just set it safe. What is your need this morning then as we close the service and get ready for the baptismal service what would you want God to do for you this season how many want to be a testimony to the loved ones that you'll be around so many that need Christ so many that need this Jesus where this star has led you every daddy's hand should be out Lord lead my children lead my children to this Christ that's able to save able to deliver able to set free where's the burden Lord lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me that I might ever do my part to win that soul for thee don't ever lose that burden for lost loved ones and the unsaved Father, with different hands raised, not knowing what the days or the hours that are laying before us, some maybe just cross that riven veil, cross over. They're needing the hand of the Master to lead them every step of the way. Many needs, many hands lifted, Lord. 
I'm praying, God, that you will grant to them grace and words of wisdom, seasoned with love, to minister to loved ones that indeed need this Jesus, need this great gift of life. So, Father, as we've heard this little message this morning, I pray that the saints will be encouraged to realize this great gift was given before the foundation of the world. Let it be expressed through their lives. May there be a tearing of the pages that they might read Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. We thank you for every life that's represented here. May it be a blessed time, Lord, as we commit all needs to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's such a, such a privilege and a wonderful thing to say uh, our brother James and the sister Shirley come in a water tank to be baptized. So we've been waiting this for a long time. Yeah. I think we all hear the brother James, uh, <laughs> brother James' testimony. When he was uh, first uh, uh, coming here, the one of the reason uh, they want to pull Sister Juniper out of the cult. And I'm so glad. And uh, Brother Jim and the Sister Shirley, now they're not in the cult, but they are in the truth. Amen. And that is not the truth of the Lord revealed to this hour. I'm so thankful, Brother Tom, when you preach the service. It seems like just like a custom made for Brother uh, Jim and Sister Shirley.